little series called Bountiful, 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 Bountiful. What a great word, Bountiful. Amen? Last week's message was Thinkful. We're not thankful because we don't think full. We think empty. We think, oh, pitiful me, you know. And we wonder why. Why ain't I happy like you happy? What cause you thinking empty, all right? Come on, we're not blessed because we don't think blessed. And I'm not saying, you know, think it and you'll get it. Think it and you'll have it. No, no. Think it because you already got it. Think it because it's already happened. So many of us have been blessed down through our life and we forget about it. Think like that. Don't think about just what you're going to get or what you need. Now, man, think about how good God's been in your life. Flood yourself with that kind of thinking. Amen? Man, you'll be running over. Bountiful. It means abundant, plentiful, ample, generous. When I preach, I use an old black Bible when I study, and I use an old beat-up Webster's Dictionary. That's what that word means, because Webster's Dictionary said so. All right? Bountiful. You think of a bountiful harvest or a bountiful supply. Amen? There's plenty of it. Bountiful gifts. It's a lot. So many words are used to describe bountiful. Not just one's good enough. Bountiful. Full. I love that. I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. That word is full or bountiful or overflowing more than enough. Roll it in, baby. It's just rolling in. You ever had a business and it took off really good and it was rolling in? Let me see your hand. You had a business like that and it just started rolling in. Rolling in. Whoa, baby. Don't you like that? Yes or no? That's what the word means. I love this, though, just because I get to say it. Mucho. I love that. Come on. Bountiful. Bountiful. Boy, here's what bountiful means. Blessed. Say that with me. What does it mean? Blessed. I'm blessed. See, one word doesn't, doesn't do it for, for blessed. One word doesn't do it for bountiful. It takes lots of words. That's how good God is to us. So y'all listen to me. Super abundant. That's one of the words for bountiful. Super abundant. Inexhaustible. And, and the God's truth is, if we actually were forced to be thankful for everything we could think of, it would be inexhaustible. But we choose not to because the thief has come and he's stolen. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And we give in to that bull instead of realizing we are blessed. I love this. This is how the Lord, this is how you ought to see the Lord, open-handed. Open-handed. What's the Bible say? We have not because we what? Ask not. Now, I'm not talking about riches, money. I'm not talking about all that. Guys, I'm talking about there's a lot of things worth a whole lot more than money. Peace and happiness and to know that you matter and you have value. I mean, you can get up every day and just be happy. How much is happiness worth? Amen? It's worth a ton, man. Whopping. I like that one, too. So bountiful. That's our word. That's what we're looking at over these few weeks that I'm Spending time on Thanksgiving in this service. Last service is a whole different message. So bountiful. What can we find today? And where are we headed? Well, last week was thankful. Do you remember that? Yes or no? Remember thankful? Okay. Your tank ain't going to be full if you don't think full. And you ain't going to be thankful unless you what? Think what? Are y'all, y'all like sleeping on me? How can you be asleep? Come on. Come on, think full. That's what we talked about last week. Well, here's the title of this one. Say it with me. One, two, three. Grace. One more time. 
All right? So I want to be thankful. I want to think full. But I also want to be bountiful myself. I want to overflow with grace to other people. Amen? I want to be that kind of person. Bountiful. Graceful. Let's look and see what that means. Graceful. Graceful. Graceful's in the dictionary. You didn't know you come to school with Gary today, did you? We learned in the dictionary at church. Here we go. Come on. Graceful. Now, graceful, you would think of it of a, of a dancer. You'll never win dancing on the stars if you're not moving gracefully. Amen. You see how some of them get on and they're like robots. And you lost. Or, you know, ice skating, the Olympics and all that, they get out there and they do all that kind of spin. You can just go out there and do your little mess, but if you don't have some gracefulness, you ain't going to get the points. Well, people are looking at us too. How we move, our movements, graceful, graceful. The word graceful means marked by movement. God's people are marked by movement. I'm not talking about people out there judging you. You know, here's what we've done. We've, we've done the wrong thing. We think if we put a tie on, I'm graceful. No, you ain't. You just got a tie on, fool. We dress up. Our Bible's black. We cut our hair the right length, which is no problem for me. I guess I'm super spiritual. No. Haven't we done that in the past, church? Yes or no? Ladies with a dress. And we think the world's going to just be turned on by that. Well, they ain't. Most of them turned off by it. What will turn them on is our movement. You understand? Especially how we move during difficulty. How you face hard times in life. How I face hard times. And instead of going off the deep end and going nuts, somehow we rely on the grace of Almighty God. And we double down and we don't quit and we don't run, but we stay with it. And how we respond to people when they're maybe ugly to us or they see us in a tough situation, but our life is marked by what? Grace. And, and this blessing is flowing out of us. So graceful, the word means marked by movement, but this, this is important. Especially what? Say it with me. Especially what? Expression. You know how you live your, how you express yourself matters? I mean, you got teeth, Mama said. Show them. Smiling. Looking at people. Graceful. Have I lost you so far or not? You with me so far? Amen? I was at McDonald's. This week, I was there every day this week. I was there this morning. I had a great cup of coffee. That's good coffee, ain't it, brother? You know it is. He's one of my buddies right over here. Did I meet you first time at McDonald's? Right there, didn't I? You came sit at my table. We talked. Me and Kurt. Amen? Why can't we? Had a guy the other day tell me, he's sitting over there in the corner, up there towards the front end. And he says to me, He's talked to me many times. I don't know him. He doesn't know me, really. But he said to me, you've got such a, a great personality. He said, people are drawn to you. This is a guy over here. Don't even know the guy. And I went, well, I appreciate that. He said, that's perfect for your line of work that you're in. I said, yeah, but trust me, most pastors don't have it. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like talking to the wall. 
But anyway, that's another story. But anyway, I said, well, my mama was a waitress. She was a drunk woman. I said, but she was a waitress at a barbecue lodge. And mama, mama taught me how to look at people and smile. And, uh, and then I would proceed to tell him how mama was saved. Amen. You see how all that works? Yes or no? Amen. Tell about our testimony. But, but I'm glad that somebody said that to me this week. You know, they can see something in me. You hear me or not? And I'm not here bragging. You could say the same thing. Many of you could say the same thing I just said. Good. We want to be that way. Amen or oh me. And I can do a lot better at it. Graceful. It's easy. That's what it means. It's easy. Effortless. That's like that dancing show with the star. If it's too rigid and they're trying too hard, it's, it's, you know, it's like a robot almost. The world can see our movement if we're not R-E-A-L, real. I don't know if the young man's in here or not that I talked to this week. Counseled you this week, sir. But he said that about me. He said, Pastor, I don't get a lot out of church, but when you talk, I get it because you're real. I can relate to you. I'm not up here bragging. I'm just trying to say this is life, guys. Amen or oh me. Easy. Well, I just can't talk to people about Jesus. Well, I bet you can't talk to people either about nothing. What's the big deal? It's part of your life, right? Yes or no? We don't just shove Jesus on people. That's crazy. You wouldn't even do that in sales, would you? Here's my product. Who would do that? You would try to get to know somebody, be friendly, be kind, and then maybe you'd talk to them about your business or something. We're crazy at church. We think we say, Jesus, the whole world's going to get saved. It's not happening. Let your light so shine, didn't he say it? Graceful, graceful, flowing, smooth. Now I've taken a lot of time, and Roger's going to be flashing lights again on me. It means agile, good on your feet. Charming. Oh, I want that said about me. He's charming. I can be mean as a snake, though, too. I'm just saying. Lovely, beautiful, having beauty or form of movement. So do you know what graceful means now? You feel it? Are we feeling it, church? Okay, good. What's the opposite of graceful? This is how I learn. If I want to learn a word, tell me what it means and tell me what it don't mean. And then I'm going, okay, I got it. So here I go. The opposite of graceful is awkward. Awkward. Careless. We think we're going to win over people for Christ when we're careless. Inept. I'm trying to tell somebody about somebody I don't even know much about. Y'all hear me or not? Uncouth. That's been said of me before, too, though. I've had that say, you're a little uncouth. Like the first service this morning, I was a little uncouth. Because I talked about being thankful and stuff in the first message, and, you know, about half of them are responding to me about things they're thankful for. And I said, did you go to the bathroom this week? Because if you ain't going all week long, I'm going to tell you something right now. You ain't very happy. (laughs) See, that's like a statement that's sort of uncouthful. But they got my point. Amen? 
we can always find something to give thanks about. Yes or no? Amen? Say. Amen. Come on. Yeah, we're going to thank you, Lord, for our bodily functions. Amen. So I can be a little uncouthful at times and graceless. I don't want that to be said of me that Gary Clark is graceless. That's ugly, ain't it? Ooh. So, having not, it's not beautiful form of movement. I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of the world looks at church people as not beautiful, as not having good form or movement. They say we talk about grace, but we don't show it. That's sad, ain't it? And a lot of that's the devil's lie, and I get that, but a lot of it's the truth. So, let's, let's not let it be said of fellowship. No, 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 no. Let's look at Jesus. Just a little. He closed the book. Jesus speaking in a synagogue. He gave it again to the minister and he sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on Jesus. And he began to say to them, This day is a scripture fulfilled in your ears. But look carefully at what happened here. And all bear, wit- bear him witness. All bear him witness. And wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they even said this, Is not this Joseph's son? I never thought about it till this week. It's like, Joseph must not have been a good talker. Yes or no? Joseph, I mean, nice guy Joseph, I get that. I mean, he was a carpenter. Most carpenters I know, some these hardworking dudes... You know, some of them aren't the most graceful. Excuse me, okay? But they're tough as nails, amen? But it was funny. They said, isn't this Joseph's son? Boy, he sure don't talk like his daddy. Y'all hear me or not? Because of all the grace that he shows. This is Jesus. That's who he was. So today's message, graceful. Now we're going to go somewhere different now. Y'all right? You thought you were done. Oh, no, 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 no. We're halfway home if you'll stay steady, though. There's a very unusual story in the Bible that shows grace. And I thought it's better to do that today. We're going to look at a graceful story on our Sunday before Thanksgiving. It is a beauty. It is a beauty. It's from the Old Testament. Here we go. 2 Samuel chapter 9 deals with a man named Mephibosheth. Can you say that? Mephibosheth. One more time. Mephibosheth. Aren't you glad glad his name is Dave or Fred or something and not that? Mephibosheth. Who was shown kindness, or our word is grace, by who? King David. Now you might know this story, some of you. More won't know it than know it. And if you do know it, good. You probably don't know it as much as you need to know it. Here we go. So here's King David. He's now king. He's been hunted down like a dog by Saul, the previous king, who supposedly liked him but didn't and tried to kill him multiple times. Now David is king. He's king. And the king says, David said, Is there any yet left of the house of Saul? Now normally when a king says that, that's not good news. You understand? That I might show what? Kindness to him. Well, that's rare. No, it's not normal. For whose sake? Jonathan, King Saul, had a son. His name was Jonathan. 
that king's son was David's best friend. He loved Jonathan. Jonathan loved him. But Jonathan's daddy was full of pride and arrogance and selfishness and sin. And he hated David. But here's the king. He's king now. And he's looking to show kindness to the king, the former king's family, which is very rare. You don't do that. You wipe them out is what you do. But for Jonathan's sake. And there was one of the house of Saul, a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they called him unto David, the king said unto him, Are you Ziba? Not Zebra, Ziba. You Ziba? He said, That's me. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I might show kindness, the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said to King David, Jonathan has yet a son who's lame on his feet. He's crippled. There's one left. He's a cripple. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Behold, very important, he's in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, in a place called Lodabar. That's sort of a southern name, Lodabar. I can say that. Then the king sent and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, from the place called Lodabar. Don't go to sleep. This is good. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, the grandson of Saul, was coming to David. Here's Mephibosheth. They're bringing him to David now. He falls on his face before the king. If you were of the former king's family, what do you think might be happening to you about now? And David said, Mephibosheth. And he said, Behold, your servant. Keep looking. What can we learn so far? We've got to learn some stuff before we keep moving. Mephibosheth's name means, say it with me, man of shame. Man of shame. Man of shame. Man of shame. Did you know there's a lot of people in Englewood that are men and women of shame that we could show kindness to? Are you getting the gist of the message a little bit now? Yes or no? That's really what all our names meant before Jesus came. Gary Clark, man of shame. Chris Brooks, sorry buddy, man of shame. But now, child of God. Come on, how about that? Saved by the blood. Amen. Yes or no? Amen. New name written in the Lamb's book of life. Praise the Lord. Come on, man. We should. That's all of us who put our faith in Christ. Come on. So, the Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. We've all sinned. Guys, you know that. If you don't, there's some issues going on. Listen, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible teaches this plain as clear as crystal. So, here's Mephibosheth, comes before the king. His name means man of shame. And I put this up here, Mephibosheth deserved death. He deserved death. That was what would happen. That's what kings did. You don't leave other family members out there to take over your kingdom or to get an uprising started again. You hear me, yes or no? 
Even in our country, when somebody's elected, there's an uprising. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, there is, isn't there? I mean, there's always, but can you imagine a king and that that's going on? And he has the power to stop it. Not a democracy. It's authoritarian government. That's the way it is. That's what they would normally do. So Mephibosheth was the grandson of King Saul, and he had been the archenemy of David. Just push me. We've already talked about that. God had rejected Saul and anointed David with his spirit. God had taken his spirit from Saul, evil man, and it was the end of it. It's over. Because an evil spirit had tormented Saul. You can read about that sometime. He was wounded in battle and the Philistine, at, with, at, with the Philistines, and he committed suicide. Saul. Saul, that's what happened. Saul's son, Jonathan, David's very best friend, also died in battle. And so that family has, you know, they're wiped out. But there's one left. Now, another one of Saul's sons continued to rule and was at war with David a number of years as you read your, your Bible. God's plan and anointing stood, though, and eventually that king was killed. Okay? The king's head was cut off, and David became what? King over Israel. So that's where we are now in our story. So he's asking for who's yet left alive. What kings normally did in those days was kill all the descendants of the rival king. That's what happened. You can read other history books and figure all this out. So Mephibosheth, the grandson of Saul, under those circumstances, did what? Deserved to what? Whether you like it or not, that's the way it was. He was an enemy. And that's the way the king would look at it. Mephibosheth, we've seen so far, he was crippled. Saul's son, Jonathan, Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son who was lame on his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came uh, of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled, and it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell, and he became lame. At around the age of five, he lost the, the use of his legs. Do you understand that? Mephibosheth. Keep looking. He was poor. How do you know? Well, we know he's a cripple because the Bible said so. He was poor because he was living off of someone else. He was crippled, would have had a hard way to live anyway. But he was living off of Maker. Where is he? Ziba said to the king, he's in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel in Lobadar, Lodabar. So he was also poor. So he got a cripple and he's poor. You listening? He was a fugitive. He was a fugitive. He wasn't living in Grand Central Station right out front of the king. You understand? Say, oh no. He was living in a remote desert place called Lodabar. He couldn't run because he's crippled. But he's certainly in a place where he's not going to be seen. You understand? He was forgotten. Mephibosheth. Not much of a, you know, if there's anybody to show grace to, this is a good guy to show grace to, ain't it? Crippled, poor, a fugitive, and he's what? Forgotten. And it's good that we got Mama Jordan here today. She's going out there to those lost people that are forgotten. They're fugitives. They're criminals. They're people been put behind bars. But should, should, we, should we not show grace to people? Yes or no? Yeah, but they've done horrible things. I understand that. And they're locked up. For it. But I still don't want them to die and go to hell and burn forever in hell. Do you? No. That's a hard job, Mama. 
But we're proud of you for doing that. Showing grace out there. Yeah, love your enemies is what it says. It ain't easy, but that's what it says. I know that. And many of them ain't our enemies. They're somebody else's enemies. But, you know, maybe we can be the one to share the gospel with them. Listen to David. David said, Is there any yet that's left of the house of Saul that I might show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And the king said, You know, yes, there's this one that's left who's lame on his feet. We've already said that. Just showing you again. Is there any that I might show kindness to? So when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, say it with me, he did what? He fell on his what? Face. He did reverence. Wouldn't have you done the same thing, say? He found you somewhere way out in Taiwan and drug you to the king. You don't know what's going on. And that was him. He fell on his face. He did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, he answered, Behold your servant. Is there any that I can show kindness to? And David said unto him, Oh, I love this. Boy, is this music to your ears? Listen to these words. Fear not. What, what, what did he say? I wouldn't even have been looking. I'd have had my head down on the ground. How about you? Fear not. For I will surely show you kindness. Say the rest of it for me. For Jonathan... Your father's sake. Saul was evil and did David bad. Jonathan was his friend. And David's giving us a picture today. And God's Word has this story recorded. There could be tons of stories that could be recorded. But this one's here for us. How we can be graceful to people. You understand? We're seeing it today in living color. I'll surely show kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. And I'll restore to you, all the land of Saul, your father. What? Here's a man poor as dirt, forgotten, crippled, ain't got nothing. He's a fugitive. You going to do what? This is like the million, the, the publisher's clearinghouse coming to your house. You know what I'm saying right there? What? But this is even crazier than that. I'm going to restore all the land of Saul, your father, and thou shalt eat bread at what? My table continually. Don't forget what our subject is today. It's graceful. It's shown by expression or movement. Do you see David with some gracefulness? Yes or no? Well, he's dancing, ain't he? He sure is. Fear not. Beautiful. Fear not. Mephibosheth was an enemy of David, and that's what—that's why he told him to what? Fear not. He said the words he needed to hear right there. It was only natural for Mephibosheth to be afraid. I'm just walking through the story. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus' words to us. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Isn't that beautiful? Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. That's what he's told us. At one time, guys, you and me were the enemies of God. We were enemies of God. And that's why God tells us not to fear. His son Jesus has died for you. You're here today and you're trusting in church today. You're trusting in your money or something. You're not a Christian. You're not a believer in Christ. You're lost. Without putting your faith in Christ, you're not, you're not one of His. But he's still saying to you, fear not, fear not. I love you. Humble yourself. Quit believing that. 
I'm the only one that died for you, Jesus said. I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man come to the Father but by me. But aren't you glad that he didn't just throw us out with the trash? Yes or no? That he's kind to us. That he's, he talks to, he helps us with his spirit. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't test that if I was you. Today's the day of salvation, the Bible says. Not next week. It's appointed that a man wants to die, then the judgment. Don't play Russian roulette, excuse me, with the grace of God. He's very graceful. Fear not, he says to us. Now look at this scripture right here. A dead dog. And Mephibosheth bowed himself before David. Look at him. He's here. Look at him. It's crazy. He's crippled. He's before the king. And Mephibosheth says, What, what is th- thy servant that you should look on a dead dog like me? He said, I'm going to give you... Saul's land back to you. You go always eat it by table. And his response was, Why? Why do you look on a dead dog like me? I like that. He was an enemy, crippled, poor, hiding, forgotten. What a picture of God's grace. Amen? Say, you can say what you want to. We were all dead dogs. You might not like that. You'll leave here going to preach you called me a dead dog today. I did call you a dead dog before you met Jesus. Now I'm alive. I'm a child of God. Amen? Say, I ain't no dead dog. Say that with me. ain't good English. I ain't no dead dog. We can do it this way. I ain't no dead dog no more. One more time. I ain't no dead dog no more. That's just bad grammar. Preach it. Amen. Come on. Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Can you imagine this servant? Huh? Thou therefore and your sons and your servants, you're going to till the land for Mephibosheth. You're going to till the land for him. And you've got to bring him the fruits that your master's sons may have food to eat. But, 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 Mephibosheth ain't eating it. You're going to bring him to eat bread at my table. Can you imagine such a thing? Now, Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. That's a big deal, man. This guy was poor, forgotten, crippled. A fugitive. And look at him now. Look at him now. Could you say that about your life? Look at me now. I could say that about Gary. Look at me now. What God can do in our lives. How many would say that, Pastor, with an uplifted hand? Look at me now. Look at me now. Wow. Look at me now. Crazy, huh? But Mephibosheth always eat bread at my table. Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, He shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. That's what the Bible says about us. We are heirs with Jesus. We are joint heirs with Christ. It says that. You understand that? That's hard for us to get through our head. 
that we matter that much to the Lord. That's crazy. Wow. Hilid is one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did, say it with me, eat continually at the king's table, finish it, and he was what? Lame on both his feet. You might not think you got your act together. How could God love me? I don't know how to walk for the Lord. I don't know how to do. Listen, it never was about you anyway. Doing. It was about Him doing. And loving you. And coming into your life. And taking you right where you are. And taking you places, man, that are crazy. He can change your life. Amen? How many would say, just if it's, if it's true, would you say it out loud with me? God changed my life. If that's true of you, could you say it out loud? God changed my life. Did you hear that in this room? How about we do it one more time? And don't say it if you don't mean it. But if you mean it, say it. God changed my life. Are you kidding me? You mean a bunch of dead dogs. Oh, yeah. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Great story. I love this every time I read it. Is there any left that I might show the kindness of God to? That was what, that was what David said. Our message is on being graceful today. And that's my question. Am I done, Raj? He's shaking his head. The answer. <laughs> yeah, you're funny. You're funny. You're funny. You're funny. We're almost done. You're funny back there. Hey, listen, listen. Here's the question. Is there any left in Inglewood? Venice, Northport, Port Charlotte, that I can show kindness to? Is there any left? They're not going to get it if you're stiff as a board. They're not going to get it if you're careless and awkward. They're going to get it as you show them grace. Isn't that a great story? That's a good Thanksgiving story, isn't it? They are not your enemies. You can choose them to be your enemies. Did you know a lot of the world today to much of the church is the enemy? That's crazy. Jesus said the world was not. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why Jesus came. Amen? Yes and no. Lost people are not our enemies. Lost people are my friends. I have no idea the people I talk to if they're saved or lost. I don't treat them any differently. They're my friends. You hear me or not? I want them to, well, you're not supposed to hang around with people like that. You heard that from somewhere in church. You didn't hear that from Jesus. All his friends were losers, outcasts, and crazy people. These people aren't our enemies. Yes or no? Oh, they don't know how to walk with God out there. They're crippled. They're crippled. They're crippled. That's the story today. They need somebody showing grace. That says, you know, like the guy told me, you've got such a good personality. People are drawn to you. 
That's God the Holy Spirit. That's the grace of God. Amen. Say. But that's all of us, guys. I'm not above you. I'm one of you. They're out there. They're on the run, just like Mephibosheth, went as far away as he could get. That's how they are out there in our town. Running from God, hiding. How will they ever stop? Grace. A church? No, a person. A human that shows graceful movement and expression that gets off his tail from over here and walks over here and says, How you doing? Amen or oh me? They need to know they're not forgotten. People come here from up north. They feel so out of place. They're not home where they used to be. They, they knew everybody back home. They don't know anybody. Then you show up and say, I didn't know anybody either when I came. Why don't you come with me? Where? Hit a golf ball. Amen. Go fishing. I'm going to the hardware store. You need anything? Yeah, well, come on, let's go. Don't shove Jesus down people's throat. Amen? Show grace. Have I lost you? I don't think I have, have I? Is there any left that I might show the kindness of God to? God's grace is what God gives because, gives the lost because of what Jesus did on their behalf. Look at this statement. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. God's grace is what God gives the lost because of what Jesus did on their behalf. Here's the question. What do you give to the lost because of what Jesus did on your behalf? What do you give to the people of Inglewood because of what Jesus has done for you? Well, it's mine. I'm going to get... Graceful. Amen? Because of Jesus, I do. And it's a great life, isn't it? Y'all know, many of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have no clue. That's okay. There was a time in my life when I was not real good at it and didn't have a clue. But God will be patient with you and He will grow you if you will desire to grow in grace. Amen? This is a great message. Not because I'm preaching it, because it's the Word. God gave you grace. Do you give others grace? A lot, of, a lot of church is horrible at this. I don't want us to be horrible at it. Amen? We can do better. Peter says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings. That's a third of churches right there, that first one. That's just my opinion. As newborn babes, that's another part of a big, that's baby church. Here we go. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you might do what? Grow! If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is what? Now, if you ain't tasted He's gracious, I don't expect you to be gracious. But if you've tasted the Lord is gracious, then I expect you to be gracious. Amen or oh me? Amen. Boy, that's a hard word on Thanksgiving. So are you, here's the question, graceful? I've been thinking of Graceland, Elvis, the whole time up here, but I'm not going to say that. Anyway, let's thank the Lord for His Word this morning. Come on! Woo! I liked it. I liked it.